You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you're a fan of the Brothers of Destruction, The Undertaker and Kane, a dream come true can happen to you. On April 13th, 2019, at Waynesboro, Virginia's high school, from 1 until 4 p.m., you can meet in person The Undertaker and Kane. They will both be in full character costume, both standing up. You can have photos taken with them. You can get autographs and much, much more. To get this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to stand next to Kane and The Undertaker, go to awesomeappearances.com. Awesomeappearances.com. This is what you've been waiting for, the Brothers of Destruction and you. Awesomeappearances.com. Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use our special promo code, BILL. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code BILL, B-I-L-L, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. Hello, everybody. This is Bill After, and welcome to another edition of the After Chat. Joining me right now with a very different style voice is my co-host josh chernoff josh let's let's hear from you well i feel like now it's been really like built up but yeah uh, look at that wow. yeah a little bit of uh under the weather you know i got those kids bring some things home and uh so i was a little under the weather before feeling fine now uh and i was all excited after last week i was gonna come in and be like, hey bill i'm all I'm I'm all energized and happy, but now <laughs> I just, said, wait, wait, wait. You just said, "Hey, Bill." Yeah. Oh, said, I kind of like this. My thanks. Yeah, I'm going through puberty while we're talking. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, well, so I, lo- elsewhere, I lost my please. voice, uh, and I only found half of it. So that's what I'm gonna have to use. You are the second person who I know lost their voice this week. But th- you know what? I was gonna say I Would think you- there's at least three of us out there that this has happened to. Wow, that's amazing. And if any of you after chatters have lost your voice, we sincerely hope that you have found it. And also, uh, we want to thank everybody for the great numbers that we did last week yeah. with no guest on the show. It was just the two main after chatters, me and Josh Chernoff. And uh, boy, you people really listen. Josh, I want to tell you something. Last week, I was kind of, I even said to you after we did the show, I just said I felt like a, a beat off, but I, I listened to the show and I loved 
the interaction between the two of us, and a lot of the fans loved it. And you were really on fire. You were on your <laughs> soapbox like I've never heard before. I but was, it was great. Keep I it was. up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I uh, I I get very passionate about some things sometimes, and when I do, I will be sure to let everybody know. All right. Well, I am glad to do that now. Before we talk about and get into the headlock on headlines. There is breaking news going on as we are taping this um, at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. I'm sorry, on Wednesday, yeah. 11.28. We usually tape on Tuesdays, but this week on 11.28, did you hear the breaking news? What could become the main event at WrestleMania if this challenge is accepted? I think I know what you're talking about, and this is a blockbuster. Bill, will you share it with us? All right. As you know, we have not seen KO Kevin Owens in a little while, correct? Correct. And I and I understand that he's regrouping at home with his family and trying to figure out what the next logical career step for him would be. A blockbuster match that would blow everything through how many WrestleManias have there been? Uh this will be the 35th. So that so 34 back won't matter if he gets this particular match. Are you ready? I'm ready. It turns out that Kevin Owens and his wife went to the canceled Florida Elton John concert. Do you know why Elton John canceled? Uh I'm not I'm not entirely sure. He had an ear infection. Wow. Well, kept this infuriated. Well, infuriated. From, from what I understand, he was Kevin Owens was sitting in the crowd. They they were there. Everybody was waiting for he a was, half hour. He was. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So Kevin Owens was infuriated because he was there. It was a full house. It was packed. And everybody's sitting waiting for the show and then the voice comes over the loudspeaker, uh, due to illness, Elton John. Okay? So what would you do, Josh? I would be pretty upset. I'd be kind of furious about about that. Well, the venue said that they will re- refund everybody's yeah, but... parking tickets. Parking <laughs> tickets. They will reschedule the con con uh, the concert. But this is bigger than that. Kevin Owens sent out a tweet to Elton John. Hey, Elton John. Nobody ruins my wife and I's date night except. Me, <laughs> you, me, WrestleMania. I fought men in their 70s before. I could do it again. KO versus Elton. Hashtag, hashtag KO Mania 4. What wow. do you think, Josh? You know, he had an ear infection, so he, he, you know, look, he's not trying to go breaking Kevin Owens' heart. You know, um, but I, I, oh, I guess that's, that's why, bad. I guess, I guess that's why they call it the blues, you know? That's bad. And, Don't uh, go picking my heart. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but if this happens, if Kevin Owens gets his hands on him, uh, not only is Elton John going to be singing a sad song, but uh, someone's going to have to save his life that night. So you just brought something up and I wasn't going to go here now, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to start uh, headlock on headlines here. Okay. Uh, but, but no, but seriously, Kevin Owens had every right to be upset, and uh, Elton John's going to need to maybe jump on a rocket man or something, get out of there. 
Because you get in the ring with Kevin Owens, it's uh, as they say, it's not ballet, and he's not going to be across the ring from a tiny dancer. All right, I'm done. That's all I've got. Oh, man. I'm and you know what, Jack? <laughs> you could tell everybody that this was your song. Uh, I made a lot of sacrifice. But you mentioned you, <laughs> you mentioned with, the, with his hands. So that brings me to the headline, with these hands, of course. And who am I talking about? Braun Strowman. Yes. Surgery successful. So now I don't want to get into the whole Monday Night Raw just yet. Okay. But I'm glad that maybe Braun Strowman eventually coming back to Raw will spark some more sparking <laughs> in Monday Night Raw. Well, you need a spark to make sparking. Um yeah, I look, he's going he's definitely going to be missed and that show is a show that uh desperately needs i know we didn't really want to get into talking about it yet but let's do it let's do yeah it. let's do it i mean they they had their what was it their second lowest uh third hour in history i guess it was no i think it was the fourth lowest in in their history the fourth lowest in history the third um, hour yeah the third hour okay yeah i mean um it's not good it, it it's no, it's the second lowest third hour number in Raw history behind the October 1st episode mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that drew 2.081. Um, you going okay. on a uh, fruit adventure? I am. I, right. I, I have three. <laughs> I have two greens and one orange left. All right. Now I have an empty Tic Tac box. Um, yeah, so anyway, so Raw, man, they're really um, not... Not good. This week on social media, people were just tearing them apart. And I just feel like people are finally, you know, you, you kind of get used to this. I feel like every time, it, it, this time of year, it starts to feel a little bit like they're phoning it in because nothing really matters all that much until we start the build for the Rumble. But my concern is that there's just like, you, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about the in-ring action. I'm not, I'm not criticizing the wrestlers i'm talking about just the overall the the overall product the presentation the storylines you know it they're just boring in my opinion they're just boring and that's an opinion that's shared by many 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 people out there is it josh is it boring to someone like uh you or maybe me who are uh people in the business that cover this and watch it every week and we mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's a job, but we're wrestling fans. Right. Is it boring to, and I always bring this up to the kids at the, at the bus stop who still eat this up and don't take it in the same, uh, manner that we do, I think. Yeah. I think that's a really valid point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've talked about how the WWE, you know, look, it's PG and it's geared towards kids. But at the same time, it's it's also really not. If you look at a lot of their stories, they're really not geared towards kids in any way. And and I feel like that's almost become like an excuse for because I, I think maybe whether it's wrestling fans or the WWE themselves, I think that they have this misconception that to be geared towards adult mean it, it means it has to be uh, bloody and foul language and sexual overtones. I, I, I don't believe that. We've talked about this in the past. I don't think that any of that needs to be there for it to be geared towards adults. Uh, the 
the problem that I'm seeing with this, and I said it was boring. Oh, wait, but... let, let me ju- let me just stop you there for one minute because I okay. want to pick on, pick out something and expand on it here. Sure. Their 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 best days in terms of TV ratings and fan saturation was in the Attitude Era, and that's what it was all about. What you just said, it doesn't have to be that. Maybe they're trying to go to a softer version of what the Attitude Era was. Yeah, but then you're, you know, you're doing a softer version, and that's not, that doesn't work. And I don't know that that that, that is exactly what they're trying to do. I think, look, they are still, they still follow the same format for the most part that they had in the Attitude Era. They've refined it uh, to a fault, in my opinion, it's too, it's too processed. It's too, you know, what's going to happen. Um, you know, this past week on SmackDown, when, when, uh, Jeff Hardy came out, you knew that was going to be interrupted. As soon as I saw, as soon as I saw those three photos on the easels set up there, I said to myself, Who's going to run in and knock them over? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's just it's too obvious of what's happening. And I've once upon a time, uh, many weeks ago, and you can listen to our stuff at theafterchat.com in our archives. You'll hear a time where I said it was lazy booking, <clears throat> and I and I remember you took me to task on that. But what I meant by lazy booking wasn't what you'd think of a bunch of people sitting around and just, oh, I don't really care. Lazy booking was that nobody, it feels like, and I'm not saying it is lazy booking, it feels like lazy booking, that nobody is thinking outside the box, that everybody's just kind of going like, hey, this this uh, formula works, let's just keep doing it, instead of going, let's do something completely different, completely new. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something from a different point of view exactly what you're talking about okay. there are restaurant chains that change and i know this for a fact i have friends that are in the restaurant business there are restaurant change chains that after five or six months they rotate and change the restaurant managers to give a fresh new look to their uh fresh new feel to their uh eatery mm-hmm. okay maybe do we need Someone every five or six months to come into the WWE writing team, maybe an outsider or something, and be asked, hey, what would you do in a situation? And maybe this other person every few months comes up with, well, why don't you try doing this? Or why don't we, why doesn't this character maybe do this instead of something that everyone's going to uh, expect? Maybe they need this this outside uh, viewer, this outside booker. Uh, or writer for every few months to to freshen up the product. I think that's a great idea, but I think everybody knows the buck stops with Vince McMahon. And I think that if you're not going to cycle out Vince McMahon, you're not going, you know, and, and any of the main, even if you were to bring some other people in, if you're not cycling out the main writers that are in that bubble, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that anyone coming in, it doesn't, you know, just because, it's not an enjoyable product right now to us and they're the writers there. It doesn't mean that the writers that are currently there can't come up with something better. Maybe they're just not getting the opportunity, you know, and we don't know that. So it's, you know, I don't want to, it's a 24 seven job too, because oh, the, God, yeah. as you know, as from being a, uh, 
a writer, a performer, or a broadcaster, mm -hmm. uh, after several weeks of doing this day in and day out, it takes a mental toll on you. It does. It absolutely does. And when I when I reference being in the bubble, that's kind of what I mean too. It's one of those things where where you know you you can't step back and and see the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 so into it that you just it makes things start to make sense to you that don't make sense to other people. But I had said earlier that I thought that this show was boring, but I also thought at times it was downright bad, awful. Um, mm -hmm. The promo with Nia Jax on Raw was atrocious. And, and look, this is my opinion. Um, and if, if anyone was offended by that, I'm more than happy to go bit by bit through the promo and tell you exactly what was bad about it. But it was just, you know, you can go from a writing <coughs> standpoint, from a delivery standpoint, um, even down to the production of it, where it just like, there's no sense of urgency. And I've used that term before to describe what's missing, but there's no sense of urgency. And I actually went, cause I was, I was just really not enjoying this show. And I said, and I'm looking on social media and everybody's trashing it. And I said, you know what? Let me jump back 20 years on the WWE network to the same show, two episodes post uh, survivor series. Right. And let me see, is it just, am I romanticizing the past? How do I feel about this? And I'll That's preface great this. that you did that. Well, yeah. And I encourage everybody to do it, but yeah. I, I'll preface this by saying, it's still a piece of, for me, with my age, it's still a piece of my, my childhood, my early teens. So for me, even looking back 20 years later, there's still going to be a touch of nostalgia. Um, and I can admit that, you know, that's going to allow me to see things like the uh, insane clown posse and not find it to be as bad as maybe it actually was. Yeah, yeah. But in general, I'm watching this and, uh, you know, I was watching it with, with my wife and she's kind of watching it, you know, in and out, but she made this great point that I didn't even catch. So it opens up there. They keep talking about how they're going to go see stone cold, Steve Austin at a medical facility. Right. And yes. she goes, it's kind of the same story. They're going to see Braun Strowman at a medical facility. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, really? You know, I didn't pick that up either. That's, that's great. Yeah. So I, so I looked at it and what I saw was, you have Braun Strowman sitting there and this is, comes down to production. It looks so clean. It looks so like whatever with Steve Austin, there he is. He's in the bed. You got the doctors around him. You're doing things. Something about what they're producing just isn't good. And I don't get, it's not why. as believable. It doesn't it's not. look, it's not. Yeah, and yeah. I don't get why it's acceptable. And I'm hoping that when they move to Fox, it'll become less acceptable because the amount of money Fox is putting into it, because I'm sorry, if you had a television show, no I hope matter. it's more acceptable, not less. No, I'm ho I'm I'm hoping that that what's currently going on is less acceptable to the Fox executives. Okay, I understand. Yeah, that's I don't I mean. know, uh, Josh. I don't even know if they'll really look at that. There, the uh, from what I understand, that network is so enamored with having WWE in there. This is big business. Although, although I heard today that uh, there's rumor going around that they they want Ronda Rousey on SmackDown. That they want. A hard brand split. They don't want any of the USA Network people appearing. On I heard Smackdown. the same thing. So heard... maybe they are being a little bit. They want it. They're also making it a part of their their uh, sports block. Yes. So I think yes. that they want. You. Know, they don't want 
that Nia Jax promo where the crowd's dead and she's there making these awful faces and it's just, you know, they don't want that. Yeah, but the the Ronda Rousey thing, which you you made a great point here, the Ronda Rousey thing is because Fox is looking at this more from a sports outlook than an entertainment outlook, perhaps. Yeah, I I think that that's exactly what they're doing. And and I think that that can only benefit uh, the product because they're just... And, and I'll step off my soapbox in a second here, but they're just... No, no, it's um, good. I, I like you up on it. I told you that. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that because I, I, I watch this show and as a, a lifelong wrestling fan, and I don't have to preach to you about that, what the, what that feeling is. And, no. you know... For my uh, entire 35 years of my life. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> um, but no, but I think anybody who's listening to this podcast is probably a lifelong or at least multi-decade long uh, wrestling fan. And if not significantly longer than that. And I think we're all in the same boat where we're looking at this. And yeah, there's sometimes where you want to nitpick and you want to complain. But this is a this was a, a an episode of television that I looked at and said, this is awful. And if this was another television show, if this was... The Walking Dead, if this was, you know, Better Call Saul, any of those like AMC shows that people love and they're so into, if they started putting out awful, awful episodes, so, so guess what? They'd get, yeah, guess what? They'd get canceled. That's yeah, what now, would happen. Now, uh, as you know, I was on a trip. I was out of town and I only caught the last 20 minutes of Raw. I DVR'd it. I haven't watched the rest of it. Uh, I caught the last 20 minutes, and usually if I get home late and I turn it on, something will make me transfix my attention Mm -hmm. to the TV screen. I looked at what was on, and I went like, oh, it's okay to go to the refrigerator and and get my sparkling ice drink and go to the closet and get my pretzels and, and then come back and see what's going on. Oh, well, you know what? I think it's okay to take a break now. Watch my dog. I never felt that before. Yeah, and why? What about what you saw? Do you think made you feel that way? I don't. I I can't actually tell you from a picture that I saw. You're waiting for me to drop the the two words, Baron Corbin. No, uh, he, no, I actually he, no, no, <laughs> no, I, I actually wasn't. I'm I'm actually curious because. I think you can look at a guy like who who was in that segment. I guess you had you had Drew in there and uh, Finn Balor was in there. Oh, you you just brought me back. You just brought me back. Okay. When I saw Drew McIntyre, I stopped. Mm-hmm. I watched. I watched. They he was down like three quarters down, looking at his opponent like he was just gonna uh, right. like a jaguar going to attack its prey. Right. And that's. Where so now I I have to ask you off of that you know they're pretty much killing off uh, Finn here and have you noticed I'm kind of changing a little bit here have you noticed why and we've talked almost ad nauseum about Raw mm-hmm. and it's got to change it's got to get better and the competition uh, that was on TV Monday night wasn't the type that would take that much in ratings away because if it was something compelling. They would have stayed. Right. But why the hell are they killing Rusev again on Monday on the SmackDown? Once again, Rusev just Nakamura'd 
<laughs> yeah, I, now you could look at it that they're they're killing Rusev or they're starting a feud where Rusev's going to be in a feud for the U.S. title. But again, it's all he's being beaten up every time we see him. Yeah, but this is my feeling with the WWE. It's there's a storyline issue, the fact that they're they don't have well thought out in depth storylines, and then there's the other side that there's there appears to be next to no character development. And a guy like Rusev got over with the Rusev Day thing, and it just kind of became almost like I'll give you a, a, uh, an example. Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, they're like, okay, his music says glorious. The crowd loves to chant along with it. So yes. we'll make him a face because the crowd's going to sing the song, which that was mistake number one. And then what is Bobby Roode? Who is Bobby Roode the character? Bobby Roode the character is a guy who just talks about making things glorious. That's all he is now. They have There's removed no depth. any depth. Exactly. No depth. They removed yeah. any depth. And that's the thing with Rusev. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why with both of them. Okay. And I'm just, as we're speaking out loud about this thing, and uh, yeah. I think this is very healthy, is that maybe there's just too much WWE for them to stop and take the time to do this development. It's like, the back and later on we're going to talk about the magazines mm -hmm. but at one time we were doing like eight or nine magazines at a time and after a while it's just get it done get it done get it done and i think that might be what's happening yeah. in the wwe right now is there's so much product they can't keep up with what was making some of these characters successful well then they need they need to have uh they got they have to split raw and smackdown um, the writers completely. They need to take somebody and put them 100% in charge of that and somebody and put them 100% in charge of the other. And I know people are going to say, oh, but they are. There's a head writer for this and head writer for that. But like I said, the buck stops with Vince McMahon. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of turn, but you look at NXT and to my knowledge, and I'm pretty confident in this, Vince McMahon has nothing to do no, with NXT. No, he's hands off on NXT. So, I, don't, I don't even know... I know uh, ages ago when they first started and I asked Triple H about, you know, what does your father-in-law think about this? And he had said he hasn't seen it. Yeah. And, so, yeah, and, it, and look, and I understand that he hasn't seen it. It's another business. Yeah. It's another I mean, company to him. I'll have a hard time sometimes in, in, in my week trying to carve out the time to watch NXT along with all the other shows. So I can only imagine Vince McMahon maybe doesn't have all that much time. Um, but I, I just think you see the success of NXT with somebody else at the helm. And this might not be a popular uh, decision, but you talk about someone like Stephanie McMahon. I wouldn't mind seeing Stephanie 100% in charge of one brand and 0% in charge of the other. And let Vince oversee the one and not oversee the other. And I know that's a tough thing and I understand why he wouldn't want to do that. But I just, you're talking about when you're trying to have a brand split and you're trying to have two different shows. Now you've got a guy trying, you have Vince McMahon trying to keep track of all these stories. And then he might end up being a little confused by it because he's, he's deep in the trenches of multiple shows and multiple characters. And, and that I think can result in them saying, okay, well then let's, let's kind of, I, and I, I'm going to say dumb it down because I can't think of another term, but I don't mean that in a derogatory way. But to kind of take take the shows, uh, make them a little less exciting because, okay, this will be easier to understand. 
Yeah, it it uh, my gut feeling here though is as I just said was that there's t- the production line it's over and over and then then of course you have all these guys touring. Right. So mentally and physically, especially I think even more mentally, these guys are shot. Yeah. They really are. And uh they are you know, it used to be there was a day when somebody said uh, to someone like Rusev, hey, we're going to do this thing, and then next week you're going to get killed again, and then the guy would say, hey, listen, I understand this is my job, but you're killing what I'm doing. Yeah. Can we talk about this? There might not be, at this point, I think the rule is just you're making a lot of money, do what they say, and, yeah. you know. You, I think everybody, the, there is no number two promotion. There's nowhere else to go. Um on the same level. And I'm talking about like WCW was back in the day. Cause of course they could go to impact. They could go to ring of honor, but these are not number two promotions in the sense that they're not neck and neck. They're not neck and neck financially. No, no. Although some people have managed to find more financial success outside of the WWE, but one could argue that they haven't necessarily found the same financial security. And there's yes, however, definitely something to be said for any of these guys who have families to stick around and and suck it up because of the job security as opposed to heading out onto the indies and trying to make something of themselves. I don't know. Yeah, well, the whole, as you know, and everyone, all the after chatters out there know that the independent scene is now changing and may go to a level where it never has reached before. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, all-elite wrestling. And I'm just... I'm waiting to see. I'm 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 waiting to find out what's going to happen with that. And do you notice that Cody Rhodes is not being shy about, you know, being like he's putting out tweets asking fans about independent wrestlers. Yes. He's really he's doing this the right way. You 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 so many of the other companies are afraid to like network mm-hmm. in uh in, in public. It's more like uh, you know, hey, let, let, can you you have this guy's number? Why don't you call him? Uh, rather than reaching out, hey, fans, who do you want to see? Yeah, I think that's fantastic. But I think that also speaks to everything that Cody and the Bucks have done has been with the fans in mind. And I think that that is a recipe for success. Uh, how big of a success? Who knows? It remains to be seen. But but some level of success for sure, I, I would think. Um, I did actually, I, I sent a tweet over to Cody just to clarify, just, you know, asking for a friend whether or not he was asking about only in-ring wrestlers or perhaps, you know, a, uh, you know, like a commentator or an interviewer who only on occasion loses his voice, but for the most part has a, a very nice uh, sounding voice. Oh, thank you, but I have not lost my voice. But thank you. <laughs> well, don't my worry. I made so... I made clear to I made it clear that it was uh, the one of us with more hair. Oh, so now you're looking for a job for my dog. Okay. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> Although I do uh, want to say so... it was just a joke because I absolutely respect the comb over, and you too can respect the comb over by going to theafterchat.com, clicking on merch, and getting the T-shirt. Respect the comb over. Still our number one seller. Hey, we have got Hanukkah, yes, Christmas, Kwanzaa, all of these are coming up soon. And if you're looking for a present for that wrestling fan in your life, go to theafterchat.com. We have about six different T-shirts that you will 
love and you can wear them proudly. And while we're at it, mm-hmm. for you wrestling fans who would love, who enjoy reading, if you go to uh, theafterchat.com and you click on uh, my book cover, you can order my book directly from uh, Amazon through our uh, AfterChat website. And coming soon to our website, I hope, Josh is about that little doggy. Oh, it's up there. It's on. I saw it the other day. Did you? Yeah, you okay. can go to the afterchat.com. Well, my social, media, my social media director had not told me about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is up there. Uh, yeah, the uh, well, of course, your book, let's just say, is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken, of course. Right. And, uh, and, and my book, uh, Maggie Moo Finds a Friend. Um, very similar stories, I think, in those two books. And uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, but yeah, no, Our- so... Uh, there's something for everybody for the holidays. Yeah, really yeah that'll be great. And uh, unquestionably, where can we? I saw this Maggie Moo on the after chat. We need to get her in the divas division. No more divas. Wrong <laughs> word. Wrong right, word. The, the by women. the way, so we now have, by the way, a person in charge. This is a great idea. In charge of the Raw Women's Division. Your favorite, Baron Corbin, has put the lovely Alexa Bliss in charge of the Raw Women's Division. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I'm going to first begin my thoughts on on the segment where that was announced. Um, it was awful. Baron Corbin, uh, I'm sorry, I've let I've, I've laid off you for a little while, but uh, man, just uh, if if you're not taking acting lessons, take acting lessons. If you are taking acting lessons, ask for your money back and go somewhere else because. You set a line. You set a line to Alexa Bliss at the end. After just like standing there for a while, you go, "You look good. I look good. It's that simple." In a response to her asking or her saying thank you for the whole thing, he said it with an inflection that led people to believe, even led Renee Young to believe that because uh, she then referenced that she goes, "Well, who, what does it matter how they look?" He made it sound like he was saying. Well, you look good, and I also look good. Therefore, why wouldn't we do this? Where I believe that the intended line was, if you look good, I look good. Like, you do a good job and do your thing because it's going to make me look good as the general manager. And so here's what I'm going to say. Because I don't know for a fact, Baron Corbin, if you got it wrong, that's awful. For whoever was, was producing that segment, if you allowed him to get it wrong, that's awful. If he got it right, yes. then whoever wrote that, it was awful. Okay, so that is uh, off. Well off said. the recording, I'll tell you how I really feel about it. No, but, I uh, think you. I think you just said, but <laughs> but in terms of the storyline, yes. in terms here, of storyline, I, I think I love this, it. Now keep in mind that that the women's division, both in Raw and SmackDown, are going to really have to. Uh, up the ante a little bit because on access TV starting in January, wow, women of wrestling, a very high lif- highly competitive female company mm-hmm. is going to be starting. And this could, you know, the WWE women now are going to have an actual women's show to compete with. Yeah. So here's, here's, 
here's my feeling with Alexa Bliss. Um, not to discard what you're saying about the uh, wow women of wrestling, because I think, you know, look, that's going to have its niche audience. Um, but I don't think the WWE is really sweating it. No, um, not, don't take that wrong. They're not going to be sweating it. But I'm just saying that when people are looking at um, women athletes in pro wrestling, yeah, there's now going to be a show that strictly spotlights and, that. And yeah, and that's a good point because you now are giving an opportunity where somebody is going to be able to say, okay, WWE's women division is not as good as, you know, and that's always, yeah. so yeah, maybe that'll keep them on their toes. Or wow, it's not as good as the WWE's women's division. Right. Right. Could be both ways. It absolutely could. Um, so Alexa Bliss being in charge, uh, I think it's great. I, I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss. I think she's very talented. Uh, I think she's very believable when she's in the ring, when she's talking, which is one of the <laughs> things, again, which I think exposed Baron Corbin because there's two people doing a, uh, an interview. One sounds completely natural like she's thinking up her own words to say the other one sounds like he's literally reading it for the first time off of a cue card. And you know, so that exposed him. He's I did a baron. Have an issue. He's a baron. He speaks in baron language. Oh, well, I wish he would speak <laughs> it in private. Um, but the women's division, I do have one question or criticism or really just like, like I don't understand it. Uh, so they did this thing where Alexa Bliss comes out and she's got uh, the crowd can ask anything they want to to uh, to Bailey and to Sasha Banks. Right. So Bailey and Sasha Banks are sitting in the ring. They're sitting in their chairs and there's a little back and forth sparring with the, you know, uh, verbally. And then they bring somebody from the crowd. They bring a microphone over to her and the person was obviously a plant. Um, and. This they ask, you know, what's one thing you'd change about the women's division? And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, here we go. They're about to they're about to say we would change, we want a tag division. Because you've got the uh the tag team of Bailey and Sasha Banks with yes. their matching gear, their everything. They're they're a legit tag team. Yeah. They're saying there, what would you change about the women's division? Well, common sense would say we want women's tag championships, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Their answers were uh, nothing. Bailey said nothing, and I believe Sasha Banks said she would send Alexa Bliss, uh, or one of them said they'd send her to SmackDown. And then yeah, she said send her to SmackDown, and then Bailey said no, I'd send you send you back to hell where you came from. Yeah, it so was it was just awful. a angle. It was just yeah, but it was trying to heat up. But but you say it's an angle, but for what? What was the what what benefit? to move in a, to move something forward to move the hatred of Alex, Alexa right. Bliss from them forward because they now have to make Alexa Bliss the despicable character that Paige is not yeah, on but SmackDown. It, it was just it was just so and I get what you're saying and and yeah that makes sense but but this was like they've been talking about for a while Stephanie McMahon has said it's coming sooner than you think. You you. Oh, I would think of, that was the tag team division, of yeah. course. Why would you have your? And this comes back to the writing. Who sat around and goes, "Oh, Bailey should say I wouldn't change anything," and no one sat there and said, "Hey, guys, you know we've been talking about this tag division. Why not?" And that makes <clears> me wonder what's going on in these writing rooms. Like I've heard from people who used to write for the WWE about how 
stressful and how intense it is and how they feel like they can't get a word out. And, and I, I get that. So I don't want to just, you know, be generic, you know, wrestling fans sitting behind his computer saying, Oh, the writers are bad. No, like I get, there's more to it, but I just don't understand. Like some of the, someone has to grow a pair and just say like, Hey, this is kind of stupid. This doesn't make sense. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's yeah, no, no, I understand you're, Saying that uh, somebody's got to get some grapefruits there, yeah. but uh, yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe did you ever think of that? They don't see what we're seeing. Well, and that's what we talked about before about them being in the bubble, them not yeah. not being able to step out because right. they've got so much nonstop coming up with more programming and doing correct that correct. maybe it's just too much. And correct. but but again, I go back to and the reason I had brought up shows like. The Walking Dead is because that's one of the highest rated shows. Um, it would get canceled if they were putting out a bad product and the show was getting worse and worse and the ratings were dropping off. They would just straight up cancel it. Oh, They've absolutely. They've done that to so many shows that started out. There was a show. I don't know if you ever watched the show Heroes. Yeah, I Heroes, have seen. That first season of Heroes, this was a decade ago or whatever. First season of Heroes was it was it became a part of pop culture. It was being referenced on Saturday Night Live. It was being referenced on other TV shows. The Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. It was this whole, everyone was talking about it. And then season two came and it wasn't that good. And then season three was just awful. And then this thing that two years earlier was the next, you know, next big thing, if I can say that, uh, all of a sudden, boom, Copyright. canceled. It was, it was canceled because yeah. it, started to, it started to suck. And for whatever reason, wrestling that doesn't happen, and I just I don't it's know. It's a different I mean, because it's a different situation contractually. Yes, it's no, that's true. That's it, why they're not it, getting canceled in that regard. Yes, it, exactly. So they 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 can't just do this. They they may you may have the USA Network talking to someone in WWE. Hey, we didn't think your show had it last night. We the ratings are down. We need to shake something up here. You know, we, we don't even think that the TV people are talking to the people responsible for the making up of the right. entire Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> yeah, there, and, and that's what, you know, and, I, and we can jump off of this onto another topic because there's still so much more to talk about. But I uh, but yeah, I, I think that what it comes down to is we, we don't really know, and I would love to... Uh, Try and find a, a, a former writer for the WWE um, who could come on to our show and maybe give us a little bit of insight as to what. Yeah, the but usually the former like. writers, the former writers from WWE that I've talked to before, everybody that's a former writer knocks what went on there. Right. So I don't know if that's a fair. But I'm thinking uh, in my mind, I'm thinking of a. Uh, uh, person that I don't see is just knocking it to knock it. Someone who has gone on to be incredibly successful after their time in the WWE. And I'm thinking about David Lagana. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a possibility. And that's if someone I'd love to have on the show. If, if he uh, can find a minute because bill, he is very, very busy these days. Well, he's got a new gig going on. You know, if people know that he was the man responsible for the entire production filming and the concept of the uh, NWA 10 pounds of gold series. Yeah. One specific episode I think was uh, my favorite, but uh, that would be the one what that, was, we, that what would was be the that? one that we were in where we were presenting the after chat 
Male Wrestler of the Year Award to Cody Rhodes, uh, which you can also watch that full video at youtube.com slash the after chat. But yes, David Lagana uh, was responsible for 10 Pounds of Gold, which was such, such an awesome like little documentary that they were doing on, on YouTube. Uh, and now he's at it again um, with Ring of Honor. Um, this is a, a video they've only had one so far that is kind of uh, – letting everybody know what anything they would need to know about the history of ring of honor, about what's going on leading into the final battle, uh, pay-per-view that's going to be happening in December. Yeah. It's such great quality. I mean, yes, his work. And as we mentioned that he is a former writer in WWE. Yes. So that's, you know, we have so many things we'd love to talk to him about. And, uh, he's a great guy who, you know, he put us on uh, on ten pounds of gold, so I have nothing yes, but good things yeah. to say about him. But uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can make our schedules work at some point and get him on the show. Speaking about us presenting awards, we are the first podcast to physically present awards plaques, mm-hmm. like I used to back in the uh, the old days at the magazines when yeah. I was with the magazines. And I'm very proud of what we've done so far with presenting the uh, After Chat podcast, pro wrestling podcast, uh, plaque to Cody Rhodes. And coming up later on in the show, we are going to make our exclusive announcement about who we have presented the Tag Team of the Year plaques to. Yes, we will later on th- in the show. Who do you think it is? Who do you think it is, Josh? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the people that that I that uh, you and I handed the plaques to when we recorded it, because uh, the video so? is going to be available on YouTube.com/slash yeah. the After Chat. Uh, no, I, 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 you know, this was another one, and we'll get into that in a minute. But it was another one that you and I almost instantly agreed on. Um, but before we get into all that stuff, uh, finishing up our headlines, Bill, I wanted to just take a moment. Um, there were unfortunately a, a couple of losses uh, to the wrestling community, and I wanted uh, one of them was a, a a very close friend of yours, and I wanted uh, to give you the opportunity to to say something. Yeah, um, a lot of you after chatters of the uh, uh, of the old school generation will know who Larry Matisic was. A lot of the new after chatters, I would recommend that you Google his name, Larry, M-A-T-Y-S-I-K. Larry was an iconic figure in the pro wrestling business, and he'd been ill for a while, and uh, we lost him this week. But up until the day he passed away, he was always talking about wrestling. He was being visited by dear friends from the wrestling business. His dear friend uh, Herb Simmons was with him uh, uh, to the end, and Herb was a big part of St. Louis uh, wrestling as well. But, uh, Josh, I'm sure you know through history the name Sam Muchnick. Absolutely. Sam Muchnick was the man, the, the, the much-respected head for so many years of the National Wrestling Alliance. And Sam's office was based in St. Louis, where he was also a sports writer, and he hired an assistant to run his office, and that man was 
Larry Matisek. And Larry ran the day-to-day operations of St. Louis Wrestling. Larry became a broadcaster. Larry would call me every week with uh, uh, news from the St. Louis area. Larry worked as a uh, matchmaker. Larry did everything in the wrestling business. Although he had a family, his dedication to the wrestling business was unlike that of anyone I have ever met in my lifetime. So I just want to say from all of us here at the After Chat and all of the fans all over the world that uh, Larry Matisek will be sorely missed. Uh, a good friend. And a, when they use the old cliche, a real credit to the business, he was more than a real credit to the business. Larry Matisek. That was a, a very nice uh, tribute to him. And, and I do encourage, you know, I wasn't really too familiar with him myself and Bill encouraged me to, to Google his name and, and look at, look him up. And, uh, I did. And just, you know, sometimes you don't realize what a, a huge impact these people, you never even knew their name and they had on the, on the business. And I do encourage any after chatter who does not know him, who's not familiar with him to please Google him, look up uh, the contributions that he made to the wrestling business. It's but. because of Larry Matisek that I am in the St. Louis Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. So um, there was uh, another yeah. death. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to transition yeah. from, you know, from one to another. It's just unfortunate when this happens. Bill, you want to take this? Yeah, that Adam Copeland, better known as Edge, um, has uh, his mother died. And uh, Adam and his family were so close to his mother. I mean, online, you see these wonderful pictures of Adam with his mother when Adam was just a, a little boy. They were super close. I met his mom a bunch of times. She was always so very proud of what he had become. And uh, uh, again, we want to send our condolences. And Adam has had to cancel several appearances, not had to. Uh, he wanted to, uh, to respect, um, uh, his mom and, uh, uh, he will not be at the, uh, uh, icons of wrestling collectors fest on December 8th in Philadelphia or several other, um, commitments that he had. Uh, we hope his mom, who was such a terrific lady, uh, rests in peace. And she went to heaven knowing that her son was a major, major, major success in yeah. what he always had a passion to do. And just some of the things that, that Edge had to say about his mom and the, uh, the sacrifices that she made for him. Um, I, I, it, it reminded me of when Edge was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and, and I remember Christian inducting him and uh, becoming emotional, getting choked up talking about Edge's mom. And, you know, it's just because of what just, you know, uh, just the person that she was to him. And I saw those pictures of, of her with her grandchildren, with, uh, you know, Edge and, and uh, Beth's daughters. And just, uh, yeah, it's just very upsetting. And sometimes, you know, it is yeah, an important yeah. thing to take a step back and remember that everyone in this business, you know, everybody's human being and. Uh, so, you know, a guy who spent so much time and, you know, gave his body 
to this business. You know, he retired because of, of a neck injury and just a guy who gave his body this business just um, to take a minute and just keep him in your thoughts because he's a, yes. a real person with a, a very upsetting loss. So, All right. uh, yeah, our best to him. Very, um, very well said as well, Josh. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. I think at this point, um, maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, the after chatters and what they've been chatting about. Well, you know what? Before we go to that, are we we talking about that segment that we put out on uh, on Twitter? Yeah. yeah no, just... I, 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 there are a few more headlines I'd like to oh, talk okay. about. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We'll just keep, yeah. let's just keep doing them. Yeah, yeah. No, so because we have so much uh, news on the uh, after chat uh, teletype here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, old school. Um, Impact Wrestling has oh, yeah. I'm done you... something that I really didn't expect. Um, them to do uh they've pulled uh lax off any further evolve shows and as you know evolve is very closely associated in many ways with the wwe but um i just think that in the position where impact wrestling is right now that it's not on a level of where WWE is and they'd love to be there that pulling some of their talent off of a show like this. I don't know what the mentality behind that was. And I do have an email into their PR director to see if they have uh, some sort of reasoning behind this. Yeah. So my thought on this and, and I could be totally, totally wrong I started kind of thinking to myself, maybe there's, um, maybe there's a, a possibility that Impact didn't really have a choice in pulling them off. Um, you know, I thought of a, that too. There's been a lot of talk about uh, the WWE Network uh, expanding to have different tiers of of. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word, whatever, uh, different, different tiers of, um, uh, at di different, different levels at different prices. Yeah. So you, yeah. yeah. For, for the so, lowest price, you'll get the least exactly. For the middle price. You'll get the middle for the biggest price. You'll get everything. Exactly. And one of the things that, uh, has been rumored for the everything price would be, uh, some independent wrestling shows on the network, like evolve. And so, I can't help but wonder if maybe their show is going to be filmed in some way and maybe there was a situation where they said, hey, listen, we we can't do this and have Impact Wrestling stars on the network. Right, well, don't film that match. Maybe, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, pon I'm, I'm pontificating over here. I have no idea, but I, I'm just thinking that maybe, I, you know, I, I just, it doesn't seem like everything that we've seen all the way to, TNA footage being on the WWE network. Um, I feel like there's been such a, a, a good relationship since the, the uh, new new team kind of took over um, with impact. And I feel like they've just been kind of this, you know, let's all work together uh, kind of vibe. And so it was a little surprising. So I guess I was just trying to figure out why, you know, well, hopefully though, we'll get uh, uh, back to us and we will, have an answer to yes. this. All right. So earlier this week, 
on one of our million conversations during the week while I'm driving and you're driving. Uh, I don't know how it came up, but I was talking. Oh, I was asking about I asked you, I said, you know what? Wrestlers, when I was growing up, were scary. The bad guys were scary. Nobody laughed at the bad guys. I said, when I was growing up, people like Pompero Furpo, who was our most recent classic interview, uh, Wild Bull Curry. Uh, these people, when they came out, the fans would like be terrified to even get near Bulldog sure. Brower, to get near them. And now when you look at a bad guy coming out, the fans are smiling. It, it, it's not that that fear factor. Were, were there any wrestlers growing up that you saw that you were, were they scary to you? Did, did you fear them? You know, I've been trying to think about this since we talked about it. And there was one that, that came to mind when we first discussed this. And one was, uh, the one that comes to mind was Ron Simmons, uh, Farouk. Not, not Ron Simmons when he was in WCW, but when he was Farouk. During the Nation of Domination days, he just, he looked like the type of guy that you just, you, you felt like he was living that character, that he was really, um, he was a scary guy in real life. At least that's, that's how I felt. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been told that that's, uh, couldn't be further from the truth, but you know, Josh. Yes. Damn. <laughs> All right. Good. I had to get that. Uh, but no, you know, I don't really, I don't know. I never really was scared by too many. Um, I think it was more, I, I think for me, I, I was more, I would enjoy the character. Um, but Farouk's really the only one that can stand out to me. That was somebody that I found overly okay. intimidating. Um, okay. There were, uh, I think I was always more intimidated than scared. So maybe we're, maybe I'm just, that's just semantics and we're talking about the same thing, but no, um, these guys that I talked about, they facially, they were very scary looking. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, I'd like to read some of some of the comments, if that's okay, from from our after chatters. Well, that's why we asked them to do it. Yeah. So it's got to be okay. Uh, I feel like I should have come up with just made something up. No, uh -huh. no, yeah, this, this is good. But but I do want to mention that uh, we're going to come up with a fan feedback question every week. Yes, and we would love you after chatters to uh, bombard us with your answers. Yeah, so I'm going to give just a couple, and 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 as I name them. If, if this is something, Bill, you have anything you want to say or if I have anything you want to say, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll just talk about it. Well, wait, uh, what I'm not going to do, if you mention a wrestler's name who scared me, I'm not going to pull a maverick. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, don't even get me started no. on that. <laughs> no. Um, Although in the Attitude Era days, that would have been fabulous. Yeah. But you go know ahead. what? It could have been great. He just uh, I think when he got shoulder tackled at survivor series. He just did a terrible job at, uh, uh, I think he knocked his, his, uh, his gimmick loose, if you will. And, uh, I don't want to touch that. All right, let's get, yeah, I should to, hope not. Let's um, get, have, have you got a, a, a sound effect ready? It's time now for fan feedback to scary wrestlers. There is a good chance there's going to be no sound effect <laughs> for that. <laughs> yes. I don't know what, what we would do there. But uh, maybe I'll come up with something and it'll be in there. Okay. Um, but okay, uh, Sir Stinks a lot said Adrian Adonis. Uh, really? I think he was being. Really? Um, I think I think he was 
being silly with us. Uh, but uh, he posted well, wait, a picture wait, of wait, Adrian the, Adonis. The, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the Adrian Adonis that had on the lady's hat and all the makeup. That's who he's talking about. I could, yeah, I could see someone backing up and being afraid of that face. I yeah. really could. Okay. And again, that's more of that intimidated or uncomfortable as opposed to the just straight up scared. All right. Let's see who our next after chatter picked. Uh, Juice Pro Wrestling. Uh, well, he had to pick the booger. Bastion Booger. Yeah. I mean, do you remember him? Yeah, he was he was kind of gross. Uh, he's Norman the Lunatic. But uh, yes, and, and yeah. uh, what was it? Friar Ferguson. Exactly. Good yeah. memory. Good Thank memory. You. But yeah, he, he was I could see a, a, a little kid getting scared of him yeah, do you I know can... by the way and we this is there's an after chatter out there by the name of brandon after my son uh i brought him once he wanted to meet yokozuna yeah and i yeah and brandon was probably about i don't know six or seven years old and we got into the dressing room and i handed him to yokozuna you never heard terror when he saw how <laughs> big this guy was so i'm putting in that i'm uh, assuming that was yokozuna I... expressing terror when he saw how big brandon was no, no, no. Oh, okay. No. I miss. But I do, that. I do, I do want to not speak for my son, but I think he would say Yokozuna. Okay, next okay. after chatter there. Um, we got uh, Casey Jarambeck, uh says, PCO scares the crap out of me now. Yep, PCO has been uh, scaring the crap out of a lot of people lately. Bill, any thoughts on him? Um, he hasn't scared the crap out of me yet, but give it time. Yeah, you know what? It, it is interesting, though, because this is a guy that I don't think anybody would have said, hey, do you find uh, Quebecer Pierre to be scary? You know, nobody would have ever said that. Um, what a reinvention of, of himself. Uh, I mean, he's not he's not the most handsome debonair person I've ever met. But in terms of... Right, but in terms of uh, uh, being scary, nah. Not to me. Okay. Different. You know, we all view people differently. Okay. So he's both not attractive in your eyes and also not scary. Correct. Okay. He, he ranks a zero in both categories to me. I'll let him know you said that. Uh, Southern Sensation says the Mongolian Stomper. Oh, Archie Gouldy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what he looked like? I do. I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, and he, I also would not have necessarily said, was a uh, particularly handsome man. No, he was ugly. And he had that Mongolian uh, hair coming out of the top there. And when I used to shoot pictures of him stomping people and he'd get real close to the ropes and look down at me and go, ah! he was damn scary. Another Canadian, by the way. Same as Quebecer. Yeah, so maybe that's the thing. Maybe they just kind of, uh, maybe they're scary in a different way. I find him to be somewhat intimidating. Um, I don't really, I'm not remembering the hair, which is making me second guess whether. Well, it's that little Mongolian curl on the back there. So it's not not real. uh, Look at Google him while we're talking about this. All right, I'll Google him while we're talking about him. While we're all talking about him. I remember him being bald. Yeah, he was bald, but he had that Mongolian, uh, maybe in different territories, you know, he cut it well, off. Well, you also, I, I mean, look, you have to. Uh, oh, wait a minute. All, all of you after chatters right now, if you're on a device yeah, here, you can look up the Mongolian stomper. I'm seeing him bald 
Um, okay, well, yeah. I, I no, I, I, but they're all from the front here. I'm, I'm sure yeah. there was hair on the back. I just look. Well, I was the younger uh, version. The younger version. Yes. Uh, was he a police officer as well? I don't remember that. I'm not sure. I it don't want to like kill a... his gimmick. No, he was a scary wrestler. Okay, well, it's, it, it looks like uh, he was for Knox County. Um, he was a sheriff as well. Before... He did live in uh, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee yeah, for a while. He, uh, he passed away. Yes, yes. Following in the f- footsteps now is uh, Kane, who is uh, uh, in Knox County as well. As the mayor. That's correct. Knox I'm glad County. you said that right, by the way. Well, every show I do get my grouchiness about how broadcasters can't pronounce mayor. There's, if a broadcaster can't seize the word M-A-Y-O-R on a script and they pronounce it mayor, M-A-R-E, they should go <laughs> to where you think Baron Corbin belongs. Oh, I don't Thank know. That, that, if you really knew where I think Baron Corbin belongs, that's pretty harsh. Well, let's get back to the scare. All right, getting back. Uh, I'm glad that I looked this up. You had me second guessing when you said the hair on top. I, I, you had me second guessing myself. Here I was. I was yeah, so proud of myself little, for knowing piece. the Mongolian Stomper, which was definitely before my time. And uh, yeah, it didn't. He, uh, he had a killer con type of uh, look about him. Uh, all right, we've got uh, Brute Bernard. Oh not my fami- God! Not familiar so, with him. David yeah, Diamond so what, wrote so, this. One of the great scary tag teams. Wow. I remember a story when I was growing up and buying Wrestling Review. There was a team called Skull Murphy and Brute Bernard. And Brute Bernard was, he was like the earlier version of George the Animal Steel, who as far as I know, nobody has picked at this point yet. Would you like Uh, me to jump ahead? Because I can. No, no, no. It's okay. But Brute Bernard was the incarnation, the first incarnation of what George the Animal Steel looked like. Interesting. Very scary. All right, moving on. Uh, and Skull Murphy, Skull Murphy, there was a classic photo of him in the first issue of Wrestling Review back in like 1959 or 1960 of him with this great dark lighting posed next to a skull. Who took that picture? Great. No, I didn't. I wasn't no, in I, the I business said, back I said then. Who? No, I said who. I would. I would have liked to go back to the uh, back to the Twitter here. Uh, I'm just gonna kind of run through a few of these for. No, go. Person. Come on, give, right. give our All fans. Right, give a, well, give we, our we, we had a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of comments here. Good. Uh, Christopher M says bad news brown. Uh, I I think mm. that that guy was uh, intimidating. For sure, but I don't. I don't know that he was ever. Now look, look. Just because he didn't scare me or didn't scare you doesn't mean poor Christopher M wasn't scared of bad news. Brown. Wait a minute, was Those that bad news, a- bad news? Bad news, Allen. Bad news, Allen. Yeah, he was. Oh, bad yeah, news you, Brown. There were in, pictures in of him. There were pictures of him in the wrestling magazines, lit like horror lighting. So that might have okay. been it. Uh, speaking of Papa Shango, oh, Eric, scary. Eric Boyd said Papa Shango. Uh, David Diaz also said Papa Shango. Um, I should say that PJ Smith also said Bad News Brown. Um, well, Papa Shango, uh, in the days, you know, with that big uh, uh, putting the hex on the Ultimate Warrior, yeah. that was scary. That was yeah. scary stuff. Voodoo ain't easy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Papa Shango why we, was. Why didn't was, we think about this at Halloween? 
Yeah. Okay. Week. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so it would have been a good one for the Halloween episode. It's our post Halloween edition. Yeah. Here. Um, uh, Stephen J 17 Sutton says, uh, very as, scary as a kid. Oh, oh that, that's the after chatter <laughs> as okay, a kid, Papa Shango as a teenager, the great Kali. Um, okay. Uh, I could see that. Kali always seemed really goofy to me. Well, um, again, he also seemed like you could like push him and he'd fall over. Again, scariness is in the eyes of the beholder. Yes, uh, here's somebody that uh, that I found to be scary that that I would say could be considered scary. Sid, Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious photography. That's a plug for them. Uh, they uh, they said Sid. Yeah, Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice wasn't all that scary. Uh, scary gimmick, but um, yeah, Sid. You know, I had the opportunity, Bill. You and I saw Sid recently, um, and uh, the guy was still somewhat intimidating. Yeah, even but even just sitting down wearing a baseball hat. You know? Yeah, but picture him coming through a crowd and a kid looking at him. You know, Man. yeah, pretty. He could be pretty scary. Pretty. You know what I? Terrible. You know what I loved about him when what? he was he was a heel, but he would come out. During that psycho sit, I'm talking 96, 97 time, right? He would come out when he won the title um, from Shawn Michaels. He would go and, and fist bump the crowd, which I believe was the first time <laughs> I ever saw fist bumping. Um, I think Sid invented it. But he would fist bump the crowd and he would say, Who, who's the man? And they would say, you're the man. Yeah, and he was a heel. Yeah. But it was he like was he didn't matter. Guy. He had his own... His own uh, his yeah. own wavelength there with these fans. I don't know. He, he also had scary knuckles. If when he when he when he give you that fist, look at his knuckles. They're real scary. All right, next one. Next wow. One. All right, Frankie Williams. David says Frankie Williams. Wait, wait, back up. Oh, David said Frankie Williams, who was one of who was a uh, an enhancement player back in the New York area. Not scary at all. Okay. Uh, wow. To uh, me. Okay. Uh, Andre the Giant. Eric Olson says Andre the Giant. Um, maybe the bad guy, Andre, that wrestled Hogan at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, I think I'd only be scared of Andre the Giant if I was in the ring with him. Because yeah. outside of it, he seemed like a gentle giant. Like, he seemed like a very, you know, uh, calm, very nice person. But I feel like if I were to wrestle, I'd be scared to death. But, you but know. there are people who are scared of giants. Of course. No matter how gentle. They're little people. Right. Look at David. Well, no, he, he wasn't, he wasn't scared. scared. That's correct. Correct. All right. Bad uh, point. Let's move on. Annette, uh, Annette Boyer. Um, by the way, David's only scared of uh, Frankie Williams. Annette Boyer says, George Steele in the 1970s, oh, he somebody... scared the crap out of me. Great. Look up Fruit Bernard, by the way, everybody. Um, and you'll see that he was the first coming of someone who was to become George the Animal Steel. Uh, Hoboken Squat Cobbler. I love that name. Me too. Says Kamala. Wait a minute. Is it Squat or Hoboken Square? Squat. Wow. This man is okay. a straight up Squat Cobbler from gotcha. Hoboken. Yes, yeah. Kamala. I definitely could see someone being afraid of him. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely turned into a 
uh, in WWF, they they eventually made him kind of that gentle giant type of thing, you know. But uh, but man, back back in the day, he was a scary, scary guy. You know who he reminded me of? Who? When I do you remember the the Little Rascals? Yes. There was an episode with Spanky called Yum Yum Eat 'Em Up, where there was a guy uh, that looked just like Kamala who was chasing Spanky all around the house. So that's another Google thing. Look up Yum Yum <laughs> Yum Yum Eat 'Em Up. It is on Google. I've all seen right. it. Yes. Um, we'll have to check that out. Yum Yum Eat 'Em Up. Uh, Craig yes. Knapp says the Sheik. Especially after I saw the film, I liked to hurt people when I was a kid. Yeah, the yeah. Sheik uh, was legit uh, scary. Yeah, not the Iron Sheik. We're talking no, about the original. The original Sheik. Is that originally, why he was always referred to as the original Sheik? No, he, he originally was the Sheik of Araby, which was also a, uh, a parody song by uh, a guy named Lou Monty. But no, he was originally, when he broke into the business, he was the Sheik of Araby. And he was the uh, uncle of Sabu, by the way. Of course, and he trained Rob Van Dam as well. Yes, yes, yeah. I know. My yeah, but sheep. he he was very scary because you never knew what he was thinking when mm -hmm. he was looking at you. Uh, speaking of somebody who you never knew what they were thinking when they were looking at you, but definitely had some thoughts behind those eyes, Jake the Snake Roberts, Greg. Says Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, when he had the cobra bite Savage, I was scared in disbelief. He was the most legit for being scared of. Well, well said, Greg. But uh, yeah, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. I, I'd have to agree that that was uh, because of the way he cut his promos. He gets so quiet and do you know? He didn't yell. He didn't scream. He was just very sadistic. You know something, Hulk Hogan? Snakes are in the. By the way, Jake Roberts will be appearing. You abandoned at, that quickly. Yeah. Yes, Jake Roberts <laughs> will be appearing at Phila Mocha. P H I L A M O C A on Spring, right off uh, 12th and Spring Garden Street in Philadelphia. He'll be doing his one man show. I'm going to be bringing him on. And I believe that is on December. It's the Thursday of the week, right around. Oh, hold on. Let me look at this because you. it's a great venue. I did my one man show there a long time ago. And hold on. It is December 6th. So uh, go look up Phila, P H I L A. Mocha, M-O-C-A, one word, dot com, and hope to see you at that show. Jake right. will be there to intimidate and scare people. All right. Uh, BJ Wanland uh, says, Samoa Joe's bullying scares me, not only because the WWE are, in all caps, too chicken to call it out, but also because it's hugely hypocritical for an organization that is making huge strides in anti-bullying campaigns and yet they call stuff like what Joe did, quote, mind games, sickening. We got a true believer over here. Uh, and yeah, Samoa Joe can definitely be intimidating. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 uh, and scary in that regard. So yeah, I, I could see that. Um, if you checked out the Edge and Christian show on the WWE Network season two, the premiere, uh, you see Samoa Joe in a whole other uh, bullying, intimidating light. Uh, selling Girl Scout cookies. Anthony Robles. Uh, oh, man, Papa Shango. He says, my dad took me to a house show at Madison Square Garden in 1992, and he fought Bret Hart, and I cried like a baby when Shango came out. Uh, wow. Hey, this is a safe place, and we thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah, but Papa Shango. Uh, we got another one here. Stan Hansen, N.A. 
va- uh, valuable. Valable? Oh, Stan Hansen is the one they were afraid of. Yeah, Stan Hansen they were afraid of. Uh, I can see that. How could you not be? Yeah. He's so intimidating. I'm looking forward to seeing him at the uh, Bruiser Brody Cup uh, this January. Modern Vintage, uh, modern vintage wrestling. wrestling, yes. Yeah, you can go to Gimmick Tree, yes. right? Isn't that their uh, their website, yes. Gimmick Tree? I should probably know this. Well, but... you can go to you can go to Facebook and go to Modern Vintage Wrestling, yes. and you'll find out more about the uh, Bruiser Brody Memorial Tournament. Yes, Stan Hansen, from what I understand, will be there. Obviously not wrestling, but he will be there, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to hiding. Uh, Eric Boyd. <laughs> Eric Boyd says, nails. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Kevin Kelly. He was a uh, not the Kevin Kelly that some people might be thinking of. No. Um, yeah. Uh, Bunkhouse Buck from Obscure Battle Rap Reference. Says, really? Uh, Bunkhouse wow. Buck. Yeah, it's interesting. We have another one for Sid Vicious. Uh, ter- uh, Mark Boomer, and this is interesting. I feel like uh, this is a good one. I should also say uh, uh, Thomas A. Miller said Bruiser Brody. So He was very scary. He really was. Very intimidating, um, very scary looking. But Mark Boomer says, Terry Funk, when he's in working mode, if you know what I mean, it seems like the scariest heels tend to be the nicest guys in real life. Bill, you, I know you have a story about being there at ringside with Terry Funk. I have several of them. The one that I'll tell you is at an ECW show, Terry Funk was going crazy wrestling uh, Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. And the action spilled outside of the ring and a fan handed Terry Funk a frying pan. And Terry Funk took the frying pan and clocked me with it, where you could hear that sound reverberating in the last row of the old ECW arena there. And he knocked me out. And I had brought a friend that night who had never been to wrestling ever. And after the matches, he said to me, he said, Billy, that was hysterical how you fell down. It looked so real. He knocked me out. I got a million Terry Funk stories. Wow. I've got a million of them after shut up and let's move on with this segment. Was Baum the one that you brought with you? That's correct. It's yeah. in my book. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Abba. Now then, uh, Sabu and Taz both, both legitimately uh, scared me. Travis Dykes says that. Sabu and Taz, yeah, oh man, during their feud. And that's, you know, you mentioned ECW. I feel like anyone in the middle of a match in ECW was scary if you were in the crowd in an ECW show because you didn't know when it was going to spill out. They were not afraid. They, they'd knock you out if they had to and, or if they just wanted to. So, yeah, that, that I agree with. All right, who else do we have here? We've got uh, the great Kabuki, a little Kabuki-ish. If you ask me, what do you think? We had a guy, we had a guy in the magazine office in the accounting department. His name was Tony and he was Kabuki's biggest fan. Every morning I would come into the office, see him in the elevator and go, yo, how's Kabuki doing? He was not scared of Kabuki, but I could see with the face paint and, you know, he was the original, original great Muda, the face paint and the spewing out that green slime that Nickelodeon became known for. <laughs> yeah, he he was pretty scary. Well, that came to us from Bad Seed. Uh, Patrick Dolan says, Abdul the Butcher terrified me. Oh, no one more frightening in the world with those railroad tracks on his head that 
outfit that he wore, the carrying around of that plastic knife and a real fork. If you were a photographer around ringside, you were scared out of your mind to go around ringside when he was wrestling. I was one of those because he always attacked the photographers. And just look at him. Just look at his face. Google him. Again, the tight face shots of him. He was one of the – oh, he was ugly. He was so freaking scary. How he had a restaurant in Atlanta, the Abdullah the Butcher House of Ribs, and people didn't throw up when he came (laughs) over to say hello is beyond me. Uh, our last one here, Mr. Ooh, la la. For me, it was Big Sweet Hansen. I yelled at him, no brain, no pain, after SD Jones slammed his head into the turnbuckle and he wasn't phased. I swear he looked right at me and was mad, started walking across the ring towards me. He scared me and I was hooked. Big Sweet wow. Hansen. Anything to say yeah. about him? Yeah. Uh, he was fairly intimidating. He never scared me. The only thing, because we were talking about Stan Hansen, is they weren't related. And at the magazine, the way we had Stan Hansen was H A N S E N. Mm-hmm. Sweet Hansen was H A N S O N. And how would the editors tell it apart? The O in Sweet Hansen stood for old, because he was older than Stan Hansen. So that's how we knew to spell him with the O and Stan Hansen, the lariat expert, with the E. Interesting. All right. Uh, speaking of old. Yeah, well, I'm not there yet. No, you're not there yet, but some people are, and some people yeah. aren't old, but are still kind of feeling in some ways that they're not at their best. Well, guess what? Now there's Blue Chew. Well, you, you know what? You don't have to be – let, let's not segment this to the older generation. There are people who are younger who have a lot of stress in their life. Absolutely. And – they have trouble expressing their sexuality at times. Well, not just expressing, but uh, being able to participate. Because, you know, look, yes. sometimes you're tired. It just isn't working the way it is. Well, now there's Blue Chew. You can go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code BILL. That's B-I-L-L. BlueChew.com promo code BILL and get your first month's shipment absolutely free. How much? Free. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. That's it. it. Yeah. it's Blue Chew is the first chewable made from the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And they're made in the USA, shipped in the USA, so they're going to be even cheaper. But best of all, they're shipped in a discreet package. So nobody knows. You're not, you don't have to have that awkward look with your mailman. Nobody so knows. So the mailman doesn't know. Exactly. So wait a minute. So, but... UPS stands for ups, and well, so does Blue Chew. Thank you. And the best part, you're welcome. And the best part is that you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to stand wait in the pharmacy. There's no more awkwardness. You just go online, type in a couple of things there. In a few minutes, boom, you have your first shipment coming out. As long as you typed promo code Bill, your first shipment is coming for free. Yeah, and also, a few minutes after that, you could go boom again. I thought you were going to... Anyway, so BlueChew.com promo code Bill. That's BlueChew.com promo code Bill. We thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. All right, Bill, last week we announced the first male Best Wrestler of the Year 
for 2018. Who was it? It was none other than the American Nightmare, Cody. Cody Rhodes. And, and uh, so wait, wait. If if I want to see that award presentation, because I understand we gave out a real plaque. We absolutely Cody did. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, we're not, we're and, not half-assing this here. You no, get no, an but award, I, you get an award. Yeah, but if I want to see that again, that presentation of Cody Rhodes getting the after chat podcast male wrestler of the year plaque where where would i see that well you would want to go to youtube.com slash the after chat and it is on there and uh it's a great great video um and cody we thank you for uh for accepting the award and sharing it on twitter uh yeah it was really uh to to us it was a no-brainer some people have wondered you know what about kenny omega and to us we just felt that what cody had done as a wrestler um well not just as a wrestler how just the whole image of what a wrestler should be exactly in the business the and that was kind of and that was the thing you know when i saw uh because we decided this after uh starcast and all in and at starcast yeah. and all in i had the opportunity to see cody uh for the first time in many years and i had the opportunity to meet Kenny Omega was a very nice, soft-spoken guy, uh, not taking anything away from his in-ring ability at all. But there was something about when Cody walked into a room, people looked. Something was going on. There was but a star in the room. But that doesn't make you a wrestler of the year. No, but listen, there was a star <laughs> in the room, okay? Kenny Omega, very soft-spoken, didn't really have that. So when I when I was deciding, this was just, you know, what I thought of for wrestler of the year, I was thinking who stood out to me as the wrestler of the year. And to me, when Cody walked in the room, he looked like a star. When he came out to the ring, he looked like a star. And what he did with All In, what he did for wrestling as a wrestler, and yes, I know he was doing it as a promoter as well, but He's a wrestler first, and I just, I don't know. To me, I don't really need to explain myself. I thought Cody was the most deserving of it this year. Well, you you started to explain yourself, but but I, I'm not taking anything away from Cody. He is our male wrestler of the year, but there was there was an assist here, and that was from a, uh, from a tag team. Yeah. Who's shown all over the world, all over the world, there was no second thought in our minds when we sat down, you and I, the editorial staff of the After Chat Pro Wrestling Podcast, we said Tag Team of the Year. It came out of our mouths almost identically. Yep. Josh, give it to him. The Young Bucks. Yes. There, and, yes. and I think that there is no uh, counterpart for tag team as there is like a, a uh, Kenny Omega where people could question it. I don't think anyone could question the young bucks being the tag team of the year. Absolutely year. not. Absolutely not. I think the young bucks um, for several years could have been considered as tag team of the year. Uh, they've made an international reputation yeah. for themselves, but it was up even more of a notch in 2018 absolutely and you, that video of the young bucks accepting the award from bill and myself can be found at youtube.com slash the after chat uh yeah we were very excited to be able to present them with that award and again that kind of goes back to if you think about anyone outside of the wwe any wrestlers that were on 
anyone's mind or that, that were being spoken of the most this year is Cody and the Bucks, Cody and the Bucks, Cody and the Bucks. And that was kind of just a no-brainer that, that, that they would be uh, the tag team of the year to go along with Cody being the male wrestler of the year. Now, Yeah, and if you look and see what they did in Japan yes. this year, beside all the indies that they worked and Ring of Honor and all these other companies, they were working almost wrestling almost 24 seven and they're in ring work. Can you, you can't compare them to, you know, a lot of people have said they like the young rock and roll express. Yeah. And I could, yeah, I see a lot of that. How, in them. How about their uh, merchandise being in hot topic? Oh, um, yeah. They, they have, they've moved on from indie wrestling, you know, there's, they're just something different. Uh, and, Hopefully something different as in another uh, major promotion coming soon. So that seems to be what's going on there. So congratulations to the Young Bucks. Now, next week, we will be presenting the award, uh, the Female Wrestler of the Year. So make sure to tune in for that. And then the following week, we have a very special presentation. uh, And we'll talk to you about that as time goes on. So, uh, Bill? Wait, you did the cliche of the show. As time goes on. Is that a cliche of the show? Yeah, it's great. Don't, there should be a cliche in each show. Okay. That was the cliche of this particular show. I'm glad that I could uh, lend a cliche to you. Well done. So right now what I'd like to do is uh, put you on hold. Uh, okay, put me on hold. Can you at least play some music or something? That, nothing at all. Bill, you know what you need? What, Josh? You need Smart Hold. What is Smart Hold? I'm glad you asked. Smart Hold is a message on hold service for only $35 per month. That's right, only $35 per month. Plus, and this is the best part, Bill, there are no contracts. So let's recap that for a second. Smart Hold message on hold service, only $35 per month with no contracts. If you run a business where you place your callers on hold, one of your most effective and least expensive marketing tools is message on hold from Smart Hold. I don't think a lot of people realize that when you have your caller on hold, you have a captive audience. Replace the radio stations and CD players, which by the way, is illegal. Maybe you have some really bad music that came with the phone or even worse, as we've been talking about, silence. With today's cell phones, placing a caller on hold to silence is deadly. Most callers won't be sure if they're still on hold, if they're still connected. That's right. They'll probably just hang up like you do or I do. Can you afford to lose that call, Bill? No, absolutely not. I couldn't afford to lose that call in my business. And that's why with Smart Hold, we make your callers hold time more enjoyable and informative while the caller's hold time feels shorter. It also makes you sound more professional. Because with Smart Hold, you get pro voice talent, both male and female, unlimited message changes, professional script writers, broadcast quality audio, fresh background music, music licensing fees, and even a Smart Hold player should you need one at no charge. All for only $35 per month per location served and no contracts. So go to www.smart-hold.com and order today. That's www.smart-hold.com. Be smart, get Smart Hold. And Smart Hold is, of course, the sponsor of our hit segment, The After Chat Classics. 
Yes, and thank you for uh, hitting that right on the nail. And thank you, uh, Mac Davis, the genius who's a both a wrestler, promoter. He's done everything in wrestling. And then he came up with this <clears throat> great product called Smart Hold. So uh, very smart of uh, Mac to do that. So we've been getting a great reaction to the uh, to my audio classics. Yes. And somebody said to me, they said, um, do you have anything back from the days of Mark Lewin and Don Curtis, Skull Murphy and Rupert Bernard, the fabulous kangaroos? I said, wait, wait. The original Fabulous Kangaroos were from Australia, Al Costello and Roy Heffernan. And after Heffernan went back to Australia, Don Kent, who was from Detroit, uh, took his place. And Costello and Kent held so many tag team championships. But beside being a wrestler, Al Costello, who is one of the sweetest, most gentle people I ever met, was also a poet he made up his own poems about wrestling long before um, Lanny Poffo was even in the minds of his uh, father um, and mother. So right now I'd like to take you on maybe a four-minute trip to a hotel room in, in Detroit, Michigan, actually, at the... Uh, Sheridan Cadillac Hotel, and I don't even think it's there anymore, before I covered a show at Cobo Arena, and I had a few minutes to sit down with the original kangaroo, Al Costello, and hear one or two of his classic poems. Okay, this is Bill After. We're speaking uh, here very early in the morning in a dimly lit hotel room to one of the fabulous kangaroos, Al Costello. How are you, Al? Uh, that's fine. Thanks, matey. I'd like to uh, involve a little poem here, and it's entitled, uh, Fans. You fans have seen some of the wrestling games best. Men of all nations with hair in their chest. Some you've admired, some you hate. Some are so lousy they just don't rate. But who are the greatest of present and past? The boys from down under who roll them up fast. Now, who are these chaps, these blokes of such great fame? If I wasn't so bashful, I'd tell you they're blooming names. This is called a scallion to bigotry. Our friends off ply us with questions and end our career and why we happen to turn to muscle and let culture pass us by. And those elders who once predicted that we would become aesthetic find it hard to accept the fact that we have now become athletic. They speak of our days in college and of the excellent marks we made, but in their persistent queries suggest we may have slipped a grade. And those from our mamata considered quite a blight to read in the morning papers that possibly the, uh, the kangaroos wrestles tonight. Many times we sat us down and tried to say in prose why we swapped a fraternity pin to risk a broken nose. Well, in that very fraternity, we saw them shut the door on an honest, upright kid because he was Catholic, Jewish, nothing more. That's why we ventured the mat and forgot the pen. Their bigotry taught us a lesson, and we wanted to deal with men. If theirs was the metal wisdom, the fruits of college and flat, frat, then I'm glad we forgot about polish, and I think we'll stick to the mat. For wrestlers are worldly and rugged, and I've yet to hear one offend, a man for his creed or the hue of his skin or the church he may attend. Al Costello, how are you, Al? I'm fine, matey. Al, this uh, past evening, you and Don Kent, your partner, and uh, along with George Cannon, as a lot of the fans, saw it, uh, won the World Tag Team Championship from the Stomper and Dewey Roberts. And now a lot of people... Uh, Stomper, ben, jo ben Justice, I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of people have said that uh, 
George Cannon was instrumental in your winning that by uh, hitting the boys with the boomerang. Now, what's... I don't think so. I don't think that George was involved in any way uh, in this particular match last night. Oh, really? One of our own merits, uh, Don and I. And Don, to me, is one of the great tag team partners that I've ever had. Uh, as you are very well aware, Bill, I had a, a, my original tag partner was Roy Heffernan, yes. who I termed a superb athlete, <coughs> but he lacked the qualities of Don Kent. Kent is there, right there, and we're unified, and that's the reason for our victory. And you don't feel that uh, George had anything to do with this, although... Well, inspiration, yes, but not in a physical form, no. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what are your plans now that you have the World Tag Team Championship? Do you plan to defend this against all comers, every challenge, or uh, well, will well, you give Stomper and Justice a, a rematch? We don't bar anybody. Bill, uh, this has been a, a long battle, actually, for the, the NWA uh, Wrestling World Tag Team title. It's about six months six worth. Six months. It's been, they've had an elimination tournament here in Detroit for the last six months, and uh, teams from all over the world. What other teams States. were uh, eliminated? Well, Do you remember uh, any? As you were very well aware, the, the uh, Mitsu Arakawa and uh, Shada, Shada, yeah. they were there. There was Boba Brazil and Leighton. Uh, yeah, most of the teams were involved. The top teams. Right. And what we didn't know was the fact that uh, Justice and Stomper had amassed points in other cities. It wasn't just strictly for Detroit in itself. Uh -huh. You see, it was all over the country and uh, other cities. And finally, on the final tally, uh, the, the, most, the team with the, uh, with the most votes was the Fabulous Kangaroos and uh, Justice and Stomper. Okay, we want to wish you and uh, Don Kent and George Cannon uh, the best and hope you hold the straps for a long time to come. Thank you very, very much, Bill. All right, so did you enjoy the poetry? I enjoy the poetry, and I, just as I enjoy the After Chat Classics every single week. Well, that's great. I'm glad you do, and I want to thank the uh, After Chatters. And by the way, if you do have a request for classic interviews from the... Uh, I'm going to cough, Josh. Okay. <coughs> Thank you. I'm glad that you announced that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known what was happening over there. Thank you. But if, <laughs> if any of you after chatters uh, want to know what I have in my library of uh, I thought you were say what you have in your throat right now. <clears throat> it sounds like you at the beginning of the I show. I, I think I've warmed up as this show's been going. Apparently, you all have, I have to do is just... You have, and I'm going downhill. I just had to, <laughs> I had to talk for a couple of hours. Um, so you know what, Josh? We were going to discuss my days at the magazine and print media mm -hmm. and how that flowed into the Internet. But I think we've had such a almost hour and a half, two hours here that why don't we wrap that up and save it for next week? I think that sounds good. Now, some people might be a little disappointed. Hey, we stayed this whole time. We wanted to hear all about that. So, you know what? We have something in its place, and it's called Ask After. Now, Bill, I'm putting you on the spot because we got 50 reviews on iTunes from the After Chatters, and we promised that if they gave us 50 reviews, you were going to tell us the story of being banned from the WWF. And I think, why not do it now? I've been saving this because we hit it a little while ago. I've been saving this. I think there's a perfect time. We're going to do the other stuff next week. But I think, hey, surprise. You know, if you're going to have to uh, surprise people with something, make sure it's big. It's a big story, but I'm going to do it in shorthand. Sounds good. The WWF decided to put out their own 
periodical, their own magazine. Because they put out their own magazine, they decided that the other wrestling magazines that I was part of, George Napolitano was from other companies, would no longer be allowed to be permitted to shoot, to photograph their matches. So that was the story because I was with the competing, what they looked at as a competing magazine, uh, that's why I was banned. And that ban lasted for many, many, many years. And then when that, uh, that real dry period came from the, uh, from the WWF where they were running into right before the nation of domination, et cetera. And mm. it just wasn't a compelling product. At 94. Uh, yeah. Somewhere 94. around there. We were invited back, uh, uh, for a while. Uh, and then it changed again. So, uh, what I'd like to do, uh, no podcast has ever delved into the magazine business. Um, regarding covering all the territories and also this issue with the WWE that I never WWF that I never really, uh, dealt with. So, uh, on a future show, maybe we can, uh, devote like a larger period of time to that. But that was it. Very simple thing. They, uh, were trying to eliminate the competition. So I think, uh, we're going to, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, stop the presses. Okay. When I went to WOW magazine, yeah. even when PWI was let back in, I was not let in. Because do you remember what WOW magazine looked like? Yes. It blew away every other newsstand magazine with a very glossy large, cover. Yeah, very large, yeah. very bright, glossy. Color and mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it just it, it had all this great stuff on the cover and in the insides. So I was out completely until after I left WOW magazine. Wow. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. And I am going to uh, try and dive into that story, maybe even a little bit more when we're covering uh, the the uh, wrestling news from the days of the magazines to the internet. Uh, we'll do that next week on the After Chat, and maybe we'll get back into this story depending on the timeline. I think next week we're going to maybe do a couple of uh, a couple of headlines if we feel it's really important, but I think we're going to spend most of our time talking about that topic next week. How does that sound, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Um, you, you Wait got- a minute. Where can I find you? I don't want to get lost during the week. If I'm going on social <laughs> media, where can I find you? Well, you can find me personally at So Says Chernoff, but you can find our show at The After Chat, and that's all across the board. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. The After Chat. That's what you want to put in. That's great. And what you about can you, find me. Well, you can find me at After One Wrestling. Or you can email me at beafter at onewrestling.com. But if you'd like to try and IM me on Facebook, if I'm around, I will gladly uh, answer you. And look out every once in a while for an after chat out of nowhere, which is uh, um, my segment that I do still for onewrestling.com. And Josh, tell them about what you're doing with uh, with the after chat YouTube channel. Yeah, so uh, last month, uh, or I guess this month, but you know, the month of November, we did the, uh, so says Chernoff survivor series special, which as you know, was not 
associated with Bill, but was presented by the After Chat, um, and which I very much appreciate. The After Chat uh, provides me that platform on YouTube to be able to share the show and also uh, presents the show. So uh, got a great review, great feedback, and we're uh, we're coming back for TLC. There's going to be yeah, a so sure Chernoff TLC special. And uh, and just if you like the first one, you're going to like this 10 times better. We will have, there's a, uh, a big set. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And most importantly, the rumor is there'll be a live studio audience. So, Which is much better than a dead studio audience. Yeah, they, they tend not to uh, laugh. No. All right, Josh. This is Bill After and hey, Josh Chernoff. Oh. So, yeah. You know what? Where are we going to see these people? Uh, hopefully we'll see them online at, at Twitter and Facebook. But, of course, we'll see you at, at the, the matches. matches.